I'm charging my attack. screwed over today because of that. And technology. So, I think that we're, we got a little Commander Cast connection there. Hey. Tenuous. Tenuous at best. CommanderCast.com Hello everyone, and welcome to CommanderCast episode 248. We're your weekly source for community, strategy, and technology. Hosted on mtgcast.com and our home site, commandercast.com. We're recording this on May 19th, 2016. I am your host of the show, William. And joining me, as always, is my printer co-host, Calvin. How are you doing today, sir? Hey, everybody. It's Calvin. I'm also known as Captain Red Zone, running the internet. And this is episode 248. No, we don't have anything planned for 250. No, there's no need for you to email us and tell us what we should be doing for 250. No, we probably aren't going to do it anyway. This probably is going to be another regular-ass show. Why? Because we are unprepared and unprofessional. Oh, so much so. I actually, you know what? Even though I've been updating the numbers, it just didn't dawn on me that we were getting close to 250. Like, that's 550s. And that's horrible. And you're supposed to be the site's owner and host of the show. This I'm, is the- I'm supposed to be, but I wonder about that sometimes. So what happens is we get to 250 and we just stop, right? Mm, I think that's supposed to be 404. No, see, like if we just stop at 250, then you have reached the podcasting quota from Commander um, Sites um, in total. Because it would be the 100 episodes from Andy plus the 50 episodes from Off Colorcast. Oh, no, we got to get to 51. There, wait, what? Does that actually, does that actually count up though? Like, I was missing for some episodes. Man, it's been under your regime. I still count it. Alright, that works. So then, Calvin, we do not have one Commander Panda because at this time he is getting ready for, what was that? GP Charlotte? Yes, he is. Are you going to that, William? I am not going to that because I lack money and funds to actually travel several states. Okay, so what we have to do is hit up, uh, Clay and let him know to meet Chewie in Charlotte because Chewie will be there. Sure, he will be there. And that's fantastic. Yeah. In fact, if and you're listening to this podcast, then it's already happened. Yeah, it's already happened. And we'll know by the time you hear this if he actually did it. But we don't know now. So we're going to make the assumption that he did. Bad, bad panda. Bad. Back yeah. in your Well, don't go that far. All right, then. But we, do in, fact, we do, in fact, have a last-minute guest. And that is, in fact, one Mr. Stark Maximum who missed his previous episode but will hopefully be alive this episode. Hey, I'm Stark Maximum. I'm the guy everybody knows. And like William said, we have a mysterious Lost episode I was on that you know will never get to hear because apparently two different recorders had to fuck up in order for us to lose that one. But I'm pretty sure I have a good feeling about this one. Yeah! I'm so excited! Hey, I, too, am hey, getting ready for GP Charlotte, but unlike, unlike Clay, I don't have to swear off the internet to do it. Oh, All I need to do is throw throw a couple of deck boxes in bags and throw shirts in another bag and carry them outside and... and Find a airplane somewhere. Airplanes, yeah. yeah. Stark already has his pre-constructed bag. Well, it's just my regular bag, but I just put things in it. But it's extreme. 
I got five different decks I'm bringing to GP Charlotte. Very exciting. Five different That's decks? Great. But you told me you only had two commander decks. What's going womp, on? Womp womp. I'm sorry. You said you were five commander decks. I'm sorry, five. William. I've been, I've been cheating on you with other formats. What? I've been flirting with modern all this time. Ah! Boom. My, I cry. So, wait, is modern the format for GP Charlotte? It absolutely is, because as we all know, Charlotte is the home of modern. Because they're only allowed to run modern events there for some reason. Alright, so now you've got me curious. What are you running at Charlotte? Well, I'm not running anything at the main event because I decided to skip out on it this time. Uh, I just did the infinite challenge thing so I can take decks for various formats and just run around playing them all day. But for modern, I have uh, an Elves build I'm working on where I, where I splash black for Shadow of the Pack and I splash red for Xenagos. So, Jund Elves. And then you splash green for Collected Company. Well, yeah, Collected Company is in fact in the deck, but it's a little bit more than the splash. Well, now you know what you do. You splash blue so you can play Simic Charm. And then I splash white so I can play Path to Exile. It's genius. Oh my god, this is so good. And all I have to do is spend $500 on a mana base. That's all? Think of the value. If you win like 1k, you've doubled your money. Uh, amazing. So, what are you, what other formats are you planning on doing then? Uh, I have a weird little blue-green Eldrazi deck. I'm working with Standard. And I have an almost complete Legacy Burn deck that I'd like to see if I can get some practice in with. Ooh, Legacy Burn. And, and then I have these two commander decks that I will hopefully have a lot of fun with. Which two? Uh, Kara Metra and the new Roshin Meander. Alright, so then, next question. Which one is your favorite this week? Well, that was a very sick segue, by the way. <laughs> uh, if we're going with favorite, I'm going to have to say Kara Metra by default because I played her, but I'm really, really excited to see how Roshin runs. Roshin. So, what's that one, again, for the listeners at home? Roshin Meander is a green-red uh, giant from Shadowmoor, and I'm just filling time while I look for the actual card. She's three and either red or green. A legendary creature, giant salmon. She's a 4-4. Four, four, and you can tap her to add four mana to your mana pool, but you can only spend that mana on costs that contain X. So, she's basically queen of the mana dorks, but only for spells that can go really, really big, which is really interesting. And I found a really neat-looking budget list that basically uses a small elf sub-theme to pump more mana into all those X spells, and it, it's really interesting. It's like, uh, it sort of splits the difference between the Hydra kind of side where it's an X spell with creatures that get plus one plus one counters, and X spells that do damage or do kind of utility things. And I'm not gonna lie, I'm kind of interested in the idea of making it a, a red-green X spell stack, sort of like a rule counterpart to Mizzix or Malak or something. Alright then, so Kevin, who's your favorite commander this week? Uh, for my commander for the week, I'm going to go with Calimni. Because Ooh, reason. Reasons and things. And things and reasons. Uh, actually, that's funny because I just finally got my Calumny deck from the store. Okay. So what, you're going with Calumny too? No, I'm not actually. My commander of the week is going to be Kali the Vast because she's going to be the first commander I do my refresh project with. Well, I finally decided, you know what? Right now I'm sorting all these cards. I'm going to sort through them to figure out what's playable and what's not as I go through everything. And I figured, why not just make the process super easy? And throw the commander decks in there too. So I'm going to take all of them apart, save for the wedge decks. Because the wedge decks are the ones I'm going to start working on first. I'm going to look through all these cards that get pulled from all the other decks. And I'm going to try and figure out what can I improve this deck with. I'm going to start tuning it and playtesting. I'm going to try and make some more time to actually play commander. Because I haven't, aside from the alphabet, I haven't played a real game in over a month. Same, honestly. Like, well, I'm excited for GP Charlotte. Like, I get these chances to play commander. And, you know, I play them with some friends. And their decks are so good and powerful that 
I feel like I'm literally doing nothing, which isn't how it used to be. And that gets me frustrated because I'm not actually doing anything. Like, their decks aren't, I don't consider them offensive. Like, they're not being super wombo. Their, their decks themselves aren't frustrating. It's my deck's own ineptitude that frustrates me with this particular top, you know, era of deck building thing. Actually, if I remember correctly, a friend of mine told me that, you know, Sheldon Murray is kind of doing the same thing. You know, once he finished his, uh, his Rainbow Project or whatever he was calling it, the Spectrum Project, I think it might have been, where he made a deck for every color combination, you realize that he had spent so much time, you know, between decks that some of them just got outdated. So he's going to rebuild them, you know, with maybe new themes or new tech or just upgrade, upgrade them, stuff like that. I will probably leave the basic lands in, in there, though. It'd be a pain to have to keep track of all those basic lands. Yeah. All right, then. So... Do a little update in the show notes here. We've got Kalia. And then Kalia with Kalemne, who I actually have right here, so I can use that card for reference. Alright, so before we get into our main topics today, guys, I want to go ahead and remind you that if you want to partic- participate in any of these particular conversations, go ahead and leave us a comment in our website, on the Facebooks, on the Twitters, anything like that. And if you want to do more than just leave a comment, you can go ahead and support us on the Patreon. Right now, we're having the voting... Actually, I still need to make the post for the strategy segment. But right now, we're having people suggest topics and vote on different things that they would like us to talk about for the new monthly community episode that we're going to be doing for the Commander Cast. So if you want to participate in that, all you have to do is donate at least $3 a month. Just $3. That's like a booster pack. Only instead of opening and getting sweet trading cards, you get to vote and help decide what we talk about once per month. And that's value. A booster pack full of community. A booster pack full of community's topics. Crack open a pack, and next thing you know, an episode of Commander Cast just pops out. And it's like, surprise, community stuff. Goodness gracious. Yay! But if you don't, but three dollars is just a little too much, but if you still want to give us something, you always have the option to give us a tip. Yes, and you can give us a tip, and just a tip, ladies and gentlemen, a single dollar right into the Commander Cast tip jar. So, if you happen to feel a little bit extra, like you want to give us something more than just a tip, feel free. We aren't going to complain. And, yep. Yeah. Okay. So, going over to our actual... Yeah, that's... Yep, 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 yep. Alright, so, first up, going into our community segment, we have quite a few announcements to go over, some of them more relevant to us than others. Stay tuned, everyone. We'll be right back. I didn't spell announcements. I did. I misspelled announcements. 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 Annunciations. Shame this man. So in our community segment today, we have quite a few announcements to go over. They just... Apparently Watchy's doing this thing now where they want everyone to, you know, stop bothering them about, Hey, are you guys going to do X? Hey, are you guys going to do X? Hey, what's X? Hey, guys. X, X. Hey, hey. Hey! Hey guys, listen to me! Hey! Answer my questions! Hey, Watsy, are you gonna do my ex? Yep. So, they just went ahead and said, here, twice a year, we're gonna have a sprint announcement and a fall announcement, and you can see what's coming up for the whole next half of the year. So, that gives us a nice little roadmap about what we want to do, what we need to save our money for, how much we're gonna have to spend on trading cards. Countless, countless amounts of trading cards. Never any amounts of trading cards. I started a tab at the store to get trading cards because I only earned enough to pay for all of my living expenses 
But I only get to pay off so much a month with, you know, my additional store credit that I get for working there. But if I constantly keep getting new cards, then it all amounts to zero, and I will be at that price that I am at forever, and oh my god, it's just going to keep going on and on and on. It's never ending. Until December, in which it ends. But that's because December is the month you're supposed to save your money up so you can use it to do stuff for next year. All right. That's so, what December's for, right? That's what people exactly. do in December, right? Yeah. When has anyone ever spent money in December? It's ridiculous. I mean, there's no movies to go out to see or anything like that. No major holidays, all right? No, nothing like that. Exactly. So, so our first announcement is the announcement of the next plane that we're going to. And it is, in fact, for the first time in a year, going to be a brand new plane. We're going to go to Kaladesh, which is going to be new to us. So Kaladesh being that plane that Chandra's from. This is, of course, a very steampunky world with lots of flying thopters. And all the artwork that has been released for it makes it all look like it's a giant amusement park. Giant amusement park? I've heard comparisons to, like, in Indian culture. Like, not. No, I went with amusement park. It's an, it's an amusement park in India. Um, maybe? Like, there certainly are a lot of sparks and lightning and stuff like that. So have, you fr- seen, have you seen the artwork for the new Planeswalker from it yet? I have. And I actually got the pronunciation for a name on the first try. And if you look in the background, you'll see like this, like a Ferris wheel kind of thing behind her. Huh. It's not really like a Ferris wheel. It's not like horizontal. It's more like a vertical one. But that's how I interpret it. Kind of like that thing you sit on that has like the um chains which swings at those parts. And you kind of sit around and it kind of twirls you around. I don't know. When I was looking at it, I didn't really see it. I guess you could say it was the Ferris wheeler's day off. Oh, you are a judge. <laughs> but yeah, they are, but there's also like uh I think there's like a mechanical like elephant and stuff in that artwork as well. So it's like you know, it's one of those pictures where when you look at it, I I looked at it and I'm just like, oh look, circus slash carnival slash amusement park. This looks like fun. Looks like a great place to spend some time, especially after spending so much time in Innistrad. Yeah, but we're not done with Innistrad though. Not yet. You. So that's actually going to be very nice. Want this? Want this? want this to finally be the place where we see a blue-red artifact-themed planeswalker. I have been hearing rumblings about that, yes. But I would like to remind everyone not to make assumptions based on a single picture. Not to make assumptions, but to make our demands known. Our demands must be met. We had... We should have had it in the blue-red commander deck last year. We should have. But no, we didn't. What the hell, Watsy? What the actual hell? Good goodness, planeswalker. So, then they also announced the second set after that. So in the place of where the um, the winter set next January is going to be, we're going to have Aether Revolts, which is going to be a continuation of that. The tagline being, Ingenuity will only get you so far when the revolt comes. And yet, I feel like Mark Rosewater had something to do with that title. I wish you say that, Will. I don't know, just something about the way that it's called Aether Revolt. You know, like mm. volts, like power, like, what you say? Yeah. You do, but you do know what like the um backstory for that plane was, though, right, William? What was it, Calvin? From my understanding, wasn't that the plane where the upper class was basically stealing like abilities to use like mana and energy, and then the lower class basically had to use like smugglers and like black market and backstabbing kind of like underground things to get access to mana and energies and stuff. It was, the reason why Sandra was kind of like a part of like uh her parents made 
Uh, Sandra Stammers basically found ways to get like these stores of mana, and it was her job to like get them from place to place. Yeah, I'm not sure close. if that's the exact details, but it's something basically along those lines. If you're not exactly right, you're close. Super meritocracy is what I'm hearing. Already dead. So next up, we have a brand new product for people that's apparently replacing the intro decks. Which that actually surprised me when Mark Rosewater was, you know, laying it all out in his article. Instead of intro decks, we're getting planeswalker decks. And the way this works is each of these there's gonna be two of these planeswalker decks per set, each one highlighting a planeswalker from that set, I want to say. It only makes sense. You know, you can tie it into the world better that way if you use a connecting character. The decks come with an exclusive planeswalker card. So something that you're not gonna see in the set. And it's gonna come with a couple other cards that support that planeswalker. You know, one of them is going to be a tutor that can grab it from your deck or your graveyard. So you just need to get more copies if you're playing that deck. Whew! And then you get, you know, it's only for that specific Planeswalker, though. But then you get, like, creatures or familiars that get bonuses if you have that Planeswalker type. So assuming that they make a Chandra Planeswalker deck, which, why wouldn't they make a Chandra Planeswalker deck if we're going to back, if we're going to Kaladesh, which is her home plane? You know, then you can play that with any Chandra, which is actually really cool. And all these cards are going to be standard legal. Now, the other side of this is that their stated goal is, we wanted to make it exciting enough that more experienced players might want to pick it up too, but newer players would have something that could help them out. So we're making these Planeswalkers big, expensive, and splash, you know, flashy, without being, you know, good enough that people th- feel like they have to buy these decks for standard. Mm-hmm. So, I want to ask you guys a question. What do you think about these decks? Like, are they a good thing? Are they a bad thing? Are you excited? Do you think this is actually going to be really bad because they might actually accidentally, you know, overpower one of these Planeswalkers and now all the experienced players do buy them and nobody of the new ones get them? Well, I mean, I'm excited because anything is going to be better than the intro decks, honestly. But um, the fact that they have Planeswalkers on the front of them is going to be a big help because Magic's being so driven by his characters and Planeswalkers right now that it only makes sense to put them on the front of the boxes that the newer players are going to be getting their hands on. And plus, not only that, but Planeswalkers, as they've said, are inherently very splashy, fun, and interesting card types. So um, I think that a lot of new players are going to be a lot more excited having uh, a deck that's focused around a Planeswalker rather than a deck that just sort of has like this random rare creature that may or may not actually play into the theme of their deck. You mean you don't want to play with a Shivan Dragon? Shivan Dragon has always been very nice to me, but Chandra is like a Shivan Dragon who is also a human, who I can identify with. I'm pretty sure that's actually Sarkin. Yeah, okay. actually, that's a lot more right than I think it is. So, Gavin, what do you think? Uh, um, I got a chance to voice a large portion of these opinions earlier on last week's episode of Monday Night Magic. And reason I'm saying last week is because technically it's this week, but by the time you guys hear this, it would be last week's. But, um... So one, the spell that tutors for the Planeswalker is being described as it has an ability. It's a spell that does something, but it can also tutor for this specific Planeswalker. So it's not like, you know, you'll get it and then you have the Planeswalker and it's useless or anything like that, which is fine by me because now it's like the, oh yeah, it's a Sandra deck. It's a burn spell that if you don't use it for the burn spell, you can also use it to tutor up this specific Chandra. As far as like the rest. Or maybe just a case where it's a burn spell that, once it does its damage, also tutors up Chandra if she doesn't already in your hand. Yeah, something like that. Or, you know, whatever they, however they decide to randomly design the card or whatever the case may be. As long as it has an extra function out of just, out, as long as it has another function outside of just tutoring for the commander, then it's fine. Um, as far as the decks in and of themselves are concerned, I personally 
understand where Witches is coming from. And I think that this is a great place to put planeswalkers that are in the story without actually needing them to. Planeswalkers that are involved with the plane but are not involved with the story. Yeah, that's something I never really thought of. Because, like, say, for instance, like, uh, when we were at Zendikar last time for Bad Wars Zendikar, mm-hmm. Obnixilis is there. He's a part of the story. But the overall, like, art and the overall view of the actual story in and of itself was based around planeswalkers coming to Zendikar to stop the Odrazi. No one really, like, paid much attention to Obnixilis. I mean, pretty sure if you read, like, the weekly movie, like, movies, if you read, like, the weekly articles that have, like, the stories of the plane and whatever, Oh, man, weekly there. movies. I love those. Yeah, I wish. But, like, you know, if you come across, like, those, yeah, there will be points in time where you'll get a chance to actually, like, see a story that might have Obnixilis in it. And even with, like, currently with Innistrad, right, Tamiyo is mentioned a lot. But as far as I can tell, unless she's in the next set, you know, she's not really doing anything. But this would be a good place to put, like, a, hey, look, here's Tamio. She's the person that was on Innistrad, and she's the one who's leaving all these clues behind. So this way, when you hear Jace talking about Tamio, new players can be like, oh, I know who they're talking about. I have that card from the intro deck I bought last week. As opposed okay. to having to go back, like, two or three or four or five years for online to try to figure out who this person is that they're talking about. Oh, it's some Planeswalker I've never seen because I just started playing a year ago. Hmm. All right, then. So... And that also leaves a little space in the actual set so that when they do make a Planeswalker for it, you can actually have Planeswalkers in the set that are actually related to the story you're telling. Like, if they yeah. did this for Innistrad, then Obnixilis wouldn't be a card in the Innistrad... In, not Innistrad. If they actually did this on um, Zendikar, Obnixilis wouldn't be in Zendikar for the Battle for Zendikar packs or whatever the case may be. He'd be in the intro pack. But that would leave them space where Obnixilis was to actually put, like, Ugin, who technically, from my understanding, was awoken and was supposedly going to be there to help stop the Odrazi. But I don't really remember seeing him. All right, then. So overall, good thing, yes? We're all good about this? It's good and exciting? Yep. yep. I'm excited to see what we're going to get from him. And you know what? If they do do a Chandra, we actually can't be that upset if she's underwhelming again. Yeah, because it's not for us. No, although it is for us. So, next one. We have Plane Chase Anthology, which, according to this, will gather previous Plane Chase products together in one convenient package. Plane Chase lets you travel from plane to plane as you battle your friends and foes. Now you can own every planar card ever printed. My question is, does that mean it's going to include the release day promo planes? Uh, I believe that on the Monday Night Magic that Calvin was on, uh, I believe they went through and counted up all the planes, including the promo ones, and it came up to exactly the number that are as advertised to be in Plane Chase Anthology. So I believe so. Yay! Especially considering that it's, it literally says you can own every planar card ever printed. Yep, it is every planar card that has been printed. We did the math. It's all of them, including the ones that you would only have gotten from like going to certain pre-release events or whatever or whatever other side shows or events that they had where you could get one of these cards at. Yes. So that means that while this is, I believe, MSRP at $150 at the moment, if you happen to have $150 to spend on Plane Chase stuff, this is probably the best value you're going to get for Plane Chase. Uh, if Plane Chase is the thing that you're interested in. Because yeah. this is literally just one purchase and you have everything that you need. Yep. Even if each and every one of those planes was just a dollar, or like if you go online, you can find them for a single buck. 
that alone basically pays for the vast majority of this. Mm-hmm. Now, I think, does it also include the, the decks that came with the Plane Chase stuff? It includes the latest ones, not the original four, but the ones from the last one, the 2012, I believe it was. Cool. So those four decks, I believe those are the ones that had like the um, legendary creatures like uh, uh, Maelstrom Wanderer. Oh, there's some value for you. So here's my thing, though, right? I have all the planes, and I enjoy okay. Plane Chase, but I never actually want to play it. So I spend so much of my time testing and, you know, trying to get actual decks to work. So if I, you know, if a deck's working because a plane enabled me to drop all my lands, then I don't actually get to figure out if my deck's fast enough yet or not. Yeah. Are, are you guys, you know, like, if you had the monies to get something like this, is this something that you guys would actually be interested in getting? Oh, for me, absolutely, because I'm a big, dumb, dumb collector person. Because I just, I just want to have them at the very least, because the potential that they give for, like, like as you said, if you're, if you're playtesting a deck, obviously, you don't want to start throwing random planes into the whole ordeal. But adding a big old plane chase deck to the, the, a big commander game can make things really interesting. And I've never actually gotten a chance to really get invested in that. So hopefully having these will make things a lot easier for me to, uh, bring them along to the game store and see what I can cause, what sort of havoc I can cause. Uh, me personally, I already have all of the planes because I've collected them. As far as like the deck for itself, the four decks that are there, I could see probably wanting those, but I couldn't see myself spending the full 150 just for those. I so think if you already to... have all the planes, then you're not going to miss out on too much by skipping this. Right. Because the thing for me is like I already have all the planes. The cards from those particular decks that I want, I'm pretty sure I can either trade for or just you know buy off of line. So I don't really feel as though like I would actually need anything specifically out of this. But if I had not had the planes, this would be something I would have purchased. Yeah, like I got dual decks anthology because those were all the dual decks that came out before I got invested in collecting stuff. So they were all dual decks I didn't have. So I basically put down like a hundred and so bucks and got all eight of those decks, which I was able to put into various commander decks and use in other decks. So that was a big value for me. And I don't have, I have like some of the planes, but not all of them. So it'll be nice to have them all in one easy to remember place. Excellent. So then, moving along to the next one, unless one of you guys had something else you want to say about it. Uh, the only thing I wanted to say is like, I think that this is a great chance for them to put plane chase out there to see if there's still an interest in it. And depending on how well this particular product sells, we'll let them know whether or not they should continue pursuing plane chase as a product. Actually, wow. now that I think about it, Stark, were you following Mark Rosewater's Twitter when he was doing the uh, the head-to-head for uh, supplemental products? Yeah, I believe so. I know that Commander won it, but how far did the plane chase actually get? Uh, I can check, but you're going to have to give me a minute. Sure thing. We have editing. I would think that it would probably have gotten pretty far. I mean, it's, I mean, this competition would have been Arch Enemy, which, let's face it, is really only good for a very limited amount of play. Yeah, uh, Horde, right, like Horde, which probably wouldn't have done, which probably could have done pretty good, I guess, in comparison. But I don't really see Horde beating Plane Chase. And then, what else would there have been? Like, Conspiracy? Which I don't think really should count, because it's already, everybody knows Conspiracy was awesome. This is from a while ago. Oh god, there was a whole other undead in the middle of it, god damn it. And the only other thing I can think of that could have possibly went in, they would have probably been like Vanguard or something. Something from like so long ago that the vast majority of the players probably don't even know how to use it. See, the funny thing is, you say Vanguard, and I know what you mean, but I'm actually playing, you know, Cardfight Vanguard right now. 
competitively. So, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I'm pretty sure there are players out there that know what I mean. But I'm saying, like, if, like, I'm pretty sure, like, if I took the Vanguard Magic the Gathering cards, went to a local shop, and sat down someone who's been playing, who hasn't been playing Magic forever, then they're going to be sitting looking like, oh, what the hell is this? It's a gigantic Magic art. Okay, so what am I supposed to do with this? How am I supposed to, like, figure out how to play with this? All right, well, look at the card and you tell me how this works. And I'm pretty sure it's not going to be nearly, it's not going to actually go with the rules of the actual format. All right, then. So let's go ahead and clicky this linky here. Yeah, I just I finally found the tweet where uh, Plain Chase got defeated in the supplemental products head to head. Looks like it made it into quarterfinals and it was defeated by conspiracy. All right, yeah, quarterfinals. Sir. That's top eight. Yeah, sir. Lost to conspiracy. Really yeah, I mean, think about it. Loses con- to conspiracy and conspiracy loses to commander. Which oh, basically... and right below it, right below it is, a, is a tweet that says, "I hope this doesn't hurt Plain Chase's chance at the expansion. We have several uh, more plans that need printing." Oh man, I sure love living in the future. <laughs> wow. Yes, what were you saying, Alan? I'm sorry. Oh, no, not continue. Just All saying, right. like, you know, like, at least it got to third. So, like, you know, it's in the top three of what people would want. So, and you already know you're getting Commander. And we already know we're going to be getting Conspiracy. So, Plain Chase just seems like, okay, well, you know, it's in the top three. So, there should be a demand for it. I can easily see it being like, all right, well, you know, hey, let's do these three things. So, the next question then becomes, Dual Decks, Nissa versus Omnixilis. This is probably going to be the... um Planting Nissa, right? Like the one that makes plants. That's the only Nissa I can think of that's actually would fit that timetable. Yeah, this uh, is this is gonna be uh, Nissa uh, voices in the car versus Omnixilus reignited. So we're gonna have Omnixilus versus Nissa. Was this actually announced before this announcement day? No, this is brand new. Okay, I thought so because my boss was like, "Yeah, they already announced this," and I'm like, "No, no, they haven't." Like, I don't remember this being announced before at all. I, I would have remembered because Nissa is one of my favorite characters. Yeah. All right then. So but it's like it's it's such an obvious idea because it's such a big deal conflict in the storyline of uh, when Battle for Zenicar was happening. So like if they were doing Planeswalker Dual Decks, like this is this is the obvious conflict to do. It has a little more storyline relevance to it than Elspeth versus Kiora did. Yeah. So actually, on that line, so start. Tell me, Hi. why do you like Nissa? Oh, uh, well. It's a little hard to explain, but, like, there's a couple different reasons. Like, she's an elf. I'm fond of elves in fantasy uh, series. She has plant uh, plant and tree and nature powers, and that's sort of an aesthetic I can really get behind. It's one of those things where it's just, like, she's just a character that does a lot of things that I kind of like, and it's not even really anything based on her character personally. It's just kind of the stuff that she does, and she just kind of tends to look cool while she does it. So it's just one of those things, I guess. Like I like I fully accept that there's like a lot going on with her character that isn't too great right now because uh when Inessa was first introduced she had some rough patches that needed to be smoothed over, but in doing so they kind of forgot to like develop her in in when they did that. So she kinda of comes off as just kind of a generic druid, which is understandable, but I don't have as much of a problem with it as some other people do. Hmm. Okay. So then, going on to the next one, because there's really so not... Before, before we go on to the next one, William, tell us everything you like about Omnixilus. Um, and then we'll fight. Well, I actually do like that he's kind of a demon planeswalker. Like, demons are kind of like angels, in that sense that they're made of mana, they don't really have that soul, or that inheritance that they can actually you know, be born with a spark. But this is a, a guy who was human, and then he became a demon. So concept-wise, that's actually a really cool way to get a demon planeswalker. And it wouldn't surprise me if they came up with something kind of like that to 
create an angel. I'm just thinking of stuff and wish fulfillments and also elsewhere. It would it would make a lot of sense considering the fact that I believe angels are the second most popular iconic creature type. Angels are right now behind goblin. Yeah, actually, what who what won the creature face off? You're gonna make me go through all that fucking. It's I mean we know it's dragons. Like I think the finals is actually dragons versus goblins. But now I need to actually know. Like this is for science. Uh, It doesn't matter. It's both red. That's all that matters. It matters. It totally matters. Well, while William is over there on the internet decking around, looking to figure out what creatures won that uh, competition, what's next up on the agenda there? So we talked about the Planeswalker decks, we talked about the Planeswalker decks, and we talked about Conspiracy, we talked about the two newer sets that are coming up. Let's see, is there anything else here that we should be discussing? There really isn't. Like, I'm pretty sure that was every single announcement that they ever made. Well, uh, can I actually take a minute before before we move on from this? Because I have a list of like all the release dates for all these things and all, everything, and I'd, I'd like to take a moment to just make sure we state what days exactly these are all coming out. Sure thing. Uh, wait, 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 hold on, hold, hold on. So they're not uh, coming out at the same time? Well, no, one glorious day of Magic the Gathering being released. It will be especially weird. Here, take it all. It will be especially weird to have Kaladesh and Aether Revolt released on the same day. That would be awkward. So... Uh, Kaladesh is debuting September 2nd at PAX West, and it's going to be releasing September 30th, 2016. Aether Revolt, the second set in that block, is going to be released on January 20th, 2017. Nissa vs. Obnixilis is coming September 2nd, 2016, and Plane Chase Anthology is releasing on November 25th, 2016. The Planeswalker decks are coming along with the release of Kaladesh, as well as the update to Fat Packs, which we didn't really mention, but there's really not much uh, to them that's going on. But, uh... They're going up in price, and they're getting an extra booster pack. Yes, and their names are being changed to the set name on them. What? Because... But fat packs. That's because they don't want to call them fat anymore, because, you know, derogatory term towards this pack, just because it's gained a little weight doesn't mean you get to call it Fat William. Stop shaming packs. But fat pack. That's, that's what they are. They're just really big it's and not fat not fat, pack. it's big bone. That's not a thing. That's a myth. Mm. Very. Yeah, that's, that's all the release dates for everything that's ever being released ever. And of course, everyone's already knows what we're doing. Yeah, they're a brand. They're have uh, B R U How do I word not caveman microphone tastes good? Stick down ass. Okay. Wait, stick okay, moving down on. ass. Moving yes. on. I don't know. I want to know how down ass. Right, See, right. I've heard going up, but like, wow, that that's talent. If you're just gonna like work it all the way from the throat straight down the ass. That's exactly how it works. Alright, so yeah, everyone already knows what we're doing. They have finally confirmed that we are in fact getting Commander decks. Woo! Big shock! Woo! But here's the twist. Yay, new Commander decks. Last year would have had you thought that we were going to have allied colored decks. You know, two colored decks. Get blue white, get black white, get, not black white, black blue. I actually could have used the black blue one. But no, we're actually finally getting... Originally we got the wedges, and then after the wedges we got the shard. So, you know, like, you know, we got one, and then the year after that got the corresponding other. Yep, but... but that's yeah. just what they wanted you to think. Bum, Surprise, bum, nerds! Oh man, this is actually kind of just awesome, because we're getting four colored commanders. And, you know, here's the thing. We've had this precedent of bring back a commander and then have two new commanders. But we have never had true, for reals, four color legendaries. Now, we've had the Nephilim, but those aren't legendary creatures. 
Not in the strictest sense. You can't get... later, he would have made them legendary if he had the time machine to go back and do it. If he did, but Wizards is not going to errata them to do something like that. Like that just sets a horrible precedent. Like Stark Maximum cannot take a Nephilim and use that as his four color commander when he goes to GP Charlotte. Nope, they would yell at me. They would throw me out of the GP. Yep, zero out of ten would not qualify. So here's the thing: we can get three brand new commanders for each four color. That's a nice little option just to have, you know, options for that one color that you do not want to play. And this is me spitballing. I would not be surprised if they did different ways to do four color commanders for each of those commanders. Which remember, there are a couple different ways you can do this. You can do a straight. Okay, this commander costs four one of the you know, color, different colors to actually cast. They can also have the activation and color identity costs. Oh, this commander requires this color to uh, to use this effect, or it has this trigger, stuff like that. We might also see them implement the original idea for the Nephilim, which was in fact two characters teaming up together. Like, yeah, you can see Argus Cost teaming up with Lazav. That's totally a thing that could happen. That could be really cool. And there's the other option where we can have dual-faced commanders. There are. They can have transformed commanders. Where it's like, you know, on the front it's just the, like, you know, red-white. And then on the back it's the blue-green. That would actually Not necessarily cool. think it has a blue-green active ability or anything like that. It just has the identity because it flips into the blue-green guy. That would actually be really good. Could also be- what do you think, Stark? Well, I think it could be interesting, but they've also stated that Double face cards are really difficult to do, like financially and and how to print them. So it it seems stands to reason that it'll be difficult to do them in a supplemental set. Because I mean, they they said before that if they could just do double face cards, like no problem, we'd see double face cards almost every set because there's so much they can do with them. So I think it's a really interesting idea. I think that if uh if they are able to do so, that will be a really interesting way to do it. But unfortunately, I don't think it's very feasible at the moment. I think uh, yeah. Shadows over Innistad is the last raw from double face card for a little while. And, like, I'm not saying that's what I would expect, but just like you know, just laying out the options that are available. Yeah, absolutely. Is, is, and, is, it finan- is it financially feasible? No, but you know, it is an option. But I wish it was because that's probably the easiest way to do it. So here's an idea: Origins actually had five double-faced cards, exactly five, which is why I didn't think that they were actually going to be able to do the Planeswalkers as transform cards. You know, way back when, when people like Clues and all were like, "Hey, wouldn't it be a cool idea?" If, let's say, they were double face cards, the first front face was a monk creature, and then it transformed into a planeswalker. Wouldn't that be cool? And I thought, Clues, you are crazy. Too many islands in between the ears. They can't actually make it, you know, just five double face cards. You know, there's no way they can actually do that. At Mythic Rarity, no less. And yet here we are. In a standard environment where a double face chase is over $70. <laughs> So, I'm not necessarily saying that they, like, you know, it's one of those things we're going at it as, we're not saying Wizard can't do it, we're saying that it wouldn't probably be in their best financial interest to do it, but if, say, for instance, they were to get, if, say, for instance, someone at Wizards was able to come up to the, the accountants or the big wigs who make these type of decisions of what to do with money and whatever, and it's like, hey, look, this is how much money we made selling this product this year. This is how much money we made selling the Commander product this year. And this is how much we made from it last time we did it. Now, granted, this may be kind of a financial detriment, but the quote-unquote loss that we would get from this would not be significant to the point where we can't officially do it again. 
for this. But then here's the other issue. If they do do this for this particular commander product, then it would be something they would be doing for longer than just the summer because the commander products basically stay in print all year round. Yeah. Because like once your local store runs out of commander product, they just order more and they just get more, which would then become the financial issue for why they probably went and do the double faces here. It's easy to do it in Origin because you know when you're going to do it, you know when you're going to stop printing it, and it's only going to be for like one set. Whereas with the commander product, it'd be like the it's going to potentially be going on for at least a good six to eight months or more. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep, it absolutely does make sense. I think there's potential, and it's something that we should keep in the back of our minds. Yep. All right, then. So that being said, I think that really is all of the announcements. I can't think of anything else. Can you guys? Well, I would also like uh, to just finish up by saying okay. the release date is November 11th, 2016. Yep, just in time for the holiday season. Yay. Yep, save up your money now so you can get ready to buy all five boxes of them because I want these. Yeah, these, these are going to be a big deal because uh, they're going to be giving us our first real glimpse at like the potential of four color commanders. Like all the other commander decks were things that maybe there wasn't a whole lot of them. Like there weren't a lot of wedge commanders when the first ones came out, but there was, there's still uh, the potential that you could already have decks that are like the shards or the dual color ones or the monocolor ones. These are going to be the first decks where it's very likely you don't, you're not going to have a deck that's already like something that these, what these can offer you. All right then. So we're going to go ahead and close out that topic. Next up, we're going to go into strategy, and we've got some preconceptions that we want to talk about with precons. Stay tuned, everyone. We'll be right back. Did you just say, just let him do it? Just let him do it. Just let him have this. You say that like I have so little. <laughs> yeah, you do. It's not my fault. Well, you have a podcast, and none of us can take that from you. I do have a podcast, and it's certainly something. Technically, I could take that from it. I have done it on several occasions in the past. Mutiny! All we have to do is trick William into falling down. What? 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 William's down. William's out. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the next edition of Commander Cat. <laughs> so... With the announcement of four colored commanders, this presents me with a unique problem that I haven't had to face in quite a while. A while. I am going to have five brand new decks. This isn't me, you know, rebuilding a deck because I'm trying a new commander or I'm unhappy with the old one. No, remember, I have a deck for every color combination. And this is something I've been waiting for for a while. So I'm going to have five new decks. Right now, I'm in the process of refreshing my decks. I'm taking them all apart. I'm going to rebuild them with a much, you know, more coherent idea of what cards I have available so that decks can be strengthened up, can be conditioned, so I can re-temper their power levels and stuff like that. But here we have brand new commanders for five brand new color combinations that commander has never truly had before. That's exciting. Very exciting. But, here's the thing. Pre-cons can get expensive. So... But maybe you actually do want all those precons because maybe they'll have, you know, exclusive cards that you want. <laughs> but most importantly, you want the commanders. So you get your commander, but you have two ways of doing it with these precons. One, you can take the precon as it is and then upgrade it as you play with it and learn with it and evolve it and grow with it until you become the Pokemon master of the world. Or 
you can see, look at the spoilers, come up with a deck with it as soon as you see that, that commander that you want to build around, and start playing with that deck, <coughs> and then just have that commander as soon as it comes out, and be like, yep, already got the deck going. It's basically, play with the pre-con, or make a deck for it out of whole cloth. Guys, which one do you prefer? Oh my god, we just ran into each other in the way. Oh, okay, I can take it. Which one yeah, do I prefer? And then I'll jump in. Uh, Aha! As... Ah, I just saw the, twi- the tweet. What tweet? What tweet? The one that the audience can't see? Yep. Oh, uh, Sark finally found the head-to-head creatures finals, and it was dragons beating angels. 58 to 42. Which, which, uh, furthers the statement I had that angels are the second most popular iconic creature type behind dragons, obviously. Go get them, dragons. No, I back think... onto the, oh, here. Yeah, go ahead. Back onto the topic. Which one do I prefer? Me? I would say that it kind of depends on the commander in and of itself. Like, certain commanders just kind of demand their own specific deck. And then, when you get the pre-con, the deck seems like it's supposed to be built around playing with this commander. It seems like it's a deck this commander's supposed to be used for. But when you play it, it just doesn't really work the way you expected it to. Like, take, for instance, like, take, uh, Marath, right? When I got that deck and I played Marath at the helm, it was probably one of the worst decisions I've ever played because I spent most of my time just playing Marath in lands and not really caring about the other stuff in the deck. So Marath got taken out of the deck and got his own deck. But then when you say, for instance, um, what was that green-black one that just came out with the experience? Marin. Marin of Marin. Yeah, with Marin, her deck basically worked pretty well in and of itself, just fresh out the box. Now, granted, I've made changes to it, but I didn't need to. The deck itself was just fine. Only reason I made changes to it was because it gave me a chance to get rid of a different green-black deck that I didn't want to play around with anymore, and gave me a better place for half of the cards that I had in that deck. Hello? Hello? Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I get I got distracted by the comics on Tales from the Pit. I'm sorry, it's Lily on and Elspeth comparing opinions on different sh- pop culture shows. And I got distracted by Calvin's soldier voice. Calvin soldier. has a soldier voice? Soldier voice. Soldier voice. Soldier voice, voice tell him. I haven't heard Soldier Boy in like seven years. Has it been heard, that long? I've heard it very recently because Leaving a Legacy ended one of their podcasts with one of his songs. Oh my does god. Even, does he even still qualify as a boy at this point? No, that's that's a whole other topic for another time. I mean, I guess I don't actually know. Like wow. It's been a seven years since I was in high school. Wow, that's really Huh. Makes you think. Makes you think. Focus William. I'm sorry, I got distracted by the, the dangly bits. So, Calvin, you're saying that you made changes to the, the Mar- Marin deck, right? Right. And that you just kind of evolved that deck from how it was as a pre-con. But, you know, if you're tired of money or anything like that, you can't afford to get a whole deck. Sometimes you just want the one card. Mm-hmm. Is, yeah. there, is there merit in... What's the merit in stuff, stuff like that? Because, you know, I gotta say it from a financial reason, but there's one thinking that I can't actually get over. It's... I don't want to play with someone else's deck. That was something I heard when I was, you know, playing the 2013 Commander decks. You know, I had a guy at the store who got his pre-con, you know, opened it, took the Commander out, and started sleeping it with a deck that he had already brought for it. And I was like, well, why aren't you playing with the pre-con? That's what we're all doing, because we want to have fun with the pre-cons. He's like, I don't want to play with someone else's deck. And to an extent, that's true, because these decks were developed by an independent team, with each person in charge of a deck. Like, that Calamity deck wasn't a deck that I made. It was someone who wanted to go with the Giants and the really big thing. The Daxos deck felt like a deck that I would have built, but it wasn't built by me. It was built by someone else. 
Yeah. Right. But they gave you a skeleton mm-hmm. to work with. And when you think about it, like, if you, like, if Mark was here, he would be telling you about how he had to ferry deck, right? Yep, right. You remember when he had to ferry, he basically said he never changed a single card out of it. Well, he may have changed out the, um, the one creature. But one, other than that. The one creature that doesn't exist? Yeah, the one creep, the one missing legendary creature from that set. Um, but yeah, he may have changed out like one card from it, but other than that, like the deck is pretty much exactly as it is out of box because he enjoyed playing it so much because he tried it as a pre-con, liked it so much, and it was so much different and so much more fun from what he had that he just never wanted to change it. And that's perfectly fine. Like if the pre-con is something you enjoy and it works for you and you enjoy it to a point where you don't want to change anything on it, I'm not arguing with you. You know, you just spent money. You bought that deck. You might as well. But, you know, when it comes down to certain commanders, like, you know, there are certain things like when I got the Marath deck. I got it. I played the pre-con for it. I gave it a try. I really didn't like it. So I just took Marath completely out the deck and gave him his own. And I think he deserved it. So, start. I, sorry, I, I was distracted by comics at the time. What was your opinion on the, you know, choice? Well, it's, it's sort of a mix of things because a lot of people are going to have that uh, <clears throat> the problem of I don't want to play someone else's deck or a deck that someone else built. But I tend to have a habit of finding lists online that look interesting, and then I'll take them and I'll catalog them, and I'll figure out I'll build a deck and then I'll play it, and then I'll figure out what I want to change to add my own little flair to it. And that's the same thing that I bring with the precons. Uh, one thing that I plan to do in particular with the uh, enemy color precons that just recently came out is I know for a fact that I wanted to, wanted to get Kalemni and Azuri, because those are the two that interested me the most. But um, the plan is still to get Kalemni, because I can take her deck, and I can edit it, and mess around with it, and see what I can do with it. But the Azuri deck, I actually have other plans for. Uh, Will may have mentioned on a previous episode my plan to build blue-green elves around Azuri. And the original plan was to get the Azuri deck, and then take out anything that wasn't an elf, and build from there. But then I looked up the deck list, it turns out Azuri's deck actually contains very, very few elves. So I might actually be getting Azuri as a singleton and then just building a whole new deck for him because apparently the idea I had just completely was something that the, the team at Wizards didn't think of doing. So if you had chose to pick the deck up and go with your idea, you still would have technically built the deck from scratch anyway. Yeah, because exactly. of the amount of cards I, you have taken out of it just to replace with elves. Yeah, so so many of those cards wouldn't be fitting in with the things that I plan to do. So for Azuri at least, it would probably be more financially efficient to just buy a story for like what five six bucks rather than buying a 30 dollar deck even though the, there's a lot of cards in there that will probably be good as singletons or other decks but uh those can also be bought as singletons as well but for calumny i don't know something about me just wants to grab her deck and see what i can do with it something about uh that deck just seems like i can just run it for a little while and just make some changes and then end up with a pretty interesting boros beatdown deck I think it depends on whether I go into it with an idea or not. Like, with Azuri, I came into it and I had an idea. And the deck didn't really fit with the idea that I wanted, so I just need Azuri and then I'll work on my own. With Kalemni, I have no idea. So I'm just going to take the list they gave me, play around for a bit, and see what strikes me. Or you could go over to, what was it, tapped You could look at my Kalemni build with the uh, Phoenix, the Kalemni Resurrection deck. You can just you buy her and just go you build that. I did, I did see that. That is pretty interesting, actually, now that you mention it. I forgot all about that. I should go look at it again. Should. Yes. Slip into, fall into my trap. I mean, go ahead and check that out. Do that thing that is absolutely not a trap whatsoever. Isn't that what happened earlier? Yes. Let me know. No, it is not. Gowan, did you set the trap for Stark? Yes. Uh, no. No, I did not. Hmm. 
What a weird situation mm-hmm. I just walked into. Very much so. Alright, so what do you plan to do with the four color commanders then? Calvin, I'm pretty sure, just said that he was going to get all the decks. Yep, I'm going to get all of them. And my view of it is, I want to get all five of them anyway, so that I can have them. Chances are, like, you know, because if I get all five of them, then even if I don't get around to actually figuring out a deck to build for them, I can always work around it, because I already have it. But, you know, I'm pretty sure, like, what will end up happening is I'll get them. Each deck most likely will come with, at the very least, two commanders, because they always give you a commander to swap out for the commander that they put on the front. So if it does end up being just two or three, you know, chances are I'll buy that. Whatever commander... Oh my god, I hate you anime character. So what will probably end up happening is that I'll buy the deck, whatever commanders that are in there that aren't the quote-unquote leader for the deck, the deck that the commander was built for, they'll be pulled out and potentially put into a pile to be built with their own specific deck. And then the pre-cons will probably just stay constructed with uh, missing pieces and just two other cards in their place. Hmm. What about you, Stark? Um... I'm definitely going to have to see a little bit more of the decks as they get revealed. Uh, I'm, I will say this much. If you were going to buy any of the Commander decks from any of the years, this would probably be one of the most financially viable ones to buy because they're just so diverse and interesting and is nothing like anything they produced before. So I can definitely get guaranteed I'll probably be getting at least one. I might end up getting all five just to have them for how unique they might end up being. All right, then. And as for me... I still haven't actually decided. But I've more or less, I have decided is that I'm going to wait until I've seen the deck list, until I've seen the decks. And it's going to be a game decision. I'm going to get at least one deck. Because that, that's what we do here at Commander Cast. We get one. get one so we can, so we can play with it. Yep. But we're going to leave the divvying up or anything until we actually start seeing the cards. Because what happens is every year, one of us gets stuck with something that we don't actually end up wanting to play, whether it's the deck or the commander. So we'll wait till everything's spoiled, then we'll go ahead and divvy things up, and we'll fight over things and break up and fall apart after that. Right. Yeah. So that's it for our strategy segment. Next up, we're going to go into technology. We're going to talk about those cards that seem to make it into every pre-con that Wizards makes, even if it's not actually every Stay tuned, everyone. We'll be right back. thing for the four color decks this year is that I'm going to find it difficult because now i got to find because now there's going to be three decks that's going to have red and white in them. Well, which one do you not want to play with? That's the question. I don't know. Because uh-huh. it's, it's going to be red, white, blue, and green. Red, white, red, white, green, and black. Red, white, black, and blue. Aye, there's the rub. You can never have too much red, white. So in today's technology segment, I want to go ahead and talk about you know cards that we keep seeing in pre-con decks. Not just Commander, but also Arch Enemy, Plane Chase, Dual Decks, stuff like that. Stuff that keeps popping up. Stuff that seems to, you know, just be pet cards for Wizards. And I th- have a couple, a couple that came to mind when I talk about this. Stuff like Pentavis and Torin Mahler. You know, Pentavis, I was looking this up, was in like the Dual Decks, and also Plane Chase, and then in the Commander Decks. I just, Pentavis, for those who don't know, let's actually go ahead and bring this on the, on the viewing globe. Pentavis is a seven, seven, Pentavis is a zero, zero for seven. But he enters playing with five, one, one counters. 
but you can pay one and remove a 1-1 counter, and that counter becomes a 1-1 colorless pentavite artifact creature token with flying, or you can pay one and sack a pentavite to give it a 1-1 counter. I mean, I've seen some wombo combos with this guy, and they're alright, but this, this guy just underwhelms me from just a big, splashy, rare-type effect. Like, yeah, it's cool that he splits off into a bunch of different tiny versions, and then they all come back together to form the head. But, I just... Why? Why do we have to deal with the Pentavis? There's just uh, co- cooler artifacts that could have taken that slot. It's probably because it plays really well with like a whole bunch of different kind of themes. Like it plays well with artifact themes. It plays well with counter themes. It plays well with plus level one counter themes. It plays well with entering the battlefield themes and sacrifice themes. It it wears a lot of hats. Is what I'm trying to say. Well, it didn't have to. There's a lot of different things that get to wear hats. Like it makes all those tokens. All those tokens need a hat. Exactly. Every single one gets to wear a hat. It's like Team Fortress. Uh, there's actually, so many hats. Actually, that reminds me. Are there hats in Overwatch? Um, I think hats. Are, I think hats are the only thing that game's missing. I mean, I'm sure a few characters wear hats. Do you count helmets as hats? You well, it was a helmet, a hat, or not? Because some people wouldn't say it's a hat because it's actually a helmet. Like hat kind of sits on your head. A helmet is meant to you know, cover your entire head, to protect it. Oh, so, yeah. You know, just because you have a helmet on, that I, I would still qualify a helmet as a hat. It just feels weird for me to call a helmet a hat, because a helmet's like actual gear. A hat is usually more for like style purposes. Okay, so like, so what? Like, so a baseball cap, right? That's a hat, right? Yeah, that's a hat. Cowboy hat, that's a hat, right? That's a hat. Cowboy hat serves a purpose to keep sun out your face. Baseball cap serves a purpose to keep sun out your face, right? So. They serve purposes, right? Yeah, but just it's right, such right, a big right, difference no, no, from no, the helmet. So, what about a fez? Is a fez a hat? Fez is a cool hat. All right, a fez doesn't even have a binder on, uh, a thing on it to block the sun. It just kind of sits on top. But yet, you still call that a hat. It's a hat. But oh, but just because a helmet decides to give you protection, suddenly it's not a hat. It still goes on the head. But you can't really call it a sweet hat. Like I see someone wearing a hat, and I go, okay, they're wearing a sweet hat. I look at someone wearing a helmet, and I don't go that they're wearing a sweet hat. Like it's headgear, yes. That's because people typically don't wear a helmet the way that they would wear a hat. Because you don't just put a helmet. It's like you don't. It's not like you're sitting inside the house with a helmet on. You might put a hat on and chill in the house, but you wouldn't like go in the house with a helmet. But just because a helmet isn't worn that particular way doesn't mean that it's not still considered a hat. No, it's considered headgear. It's like evolution. Like you don't consider humans monkeys, but you consider them primates. Yeah, but it's not like a helmet is like a headband or something. I mean, a headband I could fully understand because it's only covering your forehead or something like that. But I would still consider, like, the fact that it covers the entire top of the head, like, from, like, the forehead towards the back of the head, the fact that it covers that portion of it, it'll make for the hat. Now, if you have, like, a helmet that you put on that doesn't cover that part, then fine, no. You have a shitty helmet, but I wouldn't call it a hat, but I would call a regular helmet a hat. I wouldn't, I still can't see it. Like, it's a helmet, it's not a hat. Hats are sweet. Helmets are cool, but they're not sweet. Bicycle helmets are cool, and they're sweet. Especially if you get them designed correctly, like a Power Ranger helmet. Well, no, that's just wicked awesome. But they're right. not hats. Tomatoes, tomatoes, I guess, then. So, oh. what were we talking about? Pentavis? Yeah, Pentavis wears a lot of hats, because he makes so many tokens, they all need a hat. Oh my god, I cannot believe I started that because of a stupid phrase. I forget <laughs> saying anything now. Although, if they have pilots, then those pilots need helmets. So, they're piloting... Flyers oh with hats. Ah, and now the argument starts over. 
<laughs> so what you're saying is the reason a lot of these cards you'll see print in a lot of pre-construct decks is because they're versatile. Yes, that's exactly what I was trying <laughs> so valiantly to say. <laughs> oh, I love you, Stark. Just that quiet, defeated yes. <laughs> so, the other one that happens to wear quite a few different styles of hats is the Torn Mauler. The Torn Mauler, for those of you who don't know, is a 3-mana 2-2 shapeshifter changeling. So he's basically everything. But whenever an opponent casts a spell, you can put a 1-1 counter on him. And that's basically why he's there. He's a cheap, thematic card that you can have in anything. He was in Commander 2015, so he counts as a giant. All those giant travel stuff. He was an arch enemy because he was in that dragon overlord deck. So he's a three mana dragon. He was in plane chase because I think, let's see, what's, what was, what version was that actually in? I can't quite remember. I was going to say the elementals, but then I remember that it doesn't say plane chase 2012. Yeah. Uh, if it's in plane chase, it must, it might have been in there with, um, uh, Maelstrom Wanderer. No, no, no. It was the original plane chase. It's going to be the, uh, the red, white, white deck. The one that had Rosie. Oh, yeah. But he's basically a low-cost aggro card that can get really big. And in my experience, he tends to eat a lot of removal. Yes. My only problem with him is that, no, no, it's good. Like, you know, our dragon, you know, the one that, the Sunscorch region, it gets a 1-1 counter every time someone casts a spell, and it gains you life. Tormwaller gets big whenever someone casts a spell. The problem is that it looks like a bull, because it's trying to be a bull. I just... But you don't, you don't want it to be a bull, uh, William, because you're not playing bull tribal. No, sense. it would make sense if I was playing, like, Minotaur tribal, but if I was playing him in my dragon deck because I needed a low-cost dragon, I wanted to look like a dragon. I can emphasize that. I felt that same way about various shapeshifters and changelings. And just other things like that. So, guys, are there other, you know, cards, not necessarily rares or bulk rares or anything like that, that you notice that was just puts a lot into a lot of different decks? Uh, there would be a secure tribe over that shows up constantly because it's the ramp still on the stick. Yeah, Steve is pretty popular. And then let's see, uh, Verdant Force is showing up a lot. Actually, you know what else I th- I've noticed is to show show up quite a bit: Karoos and uh, cycling lights. Yeah. Oh yeah, those oh, yeah, show up all over the place. They show up so damn much that I can't stand them anymore. I just wish that we had other lands in this magic game that we've been playing for, I don't know, over like, what, close to 20 years now. I wish in that 20-year time span that somebody, somewhere would have printed lands that weren't cycle lands could go into these decks. Jeez, was it? Damn. I wish that someone in creative could have easily just found some way to make a card that tapped for mana and could be used in a deck that didn't have cycle attached to it. Well, I guess I must just be axing for too much, right? Way too much. Actually, those cycle lines are actually very handy. You know, it's very easy to see why they would be a statement because you don't want people getting, you know, so flooded that they just don't have any spells. You have too many lands, you can just go ahead and cycle away, get hopefully get another chance at a spell. But if you need them early, then they're just another land that you play early. So I actually, the thing just, is, those cycle lands show up so often in those pre-cons that I'm actually just waiting for cycling to just be considered evergreen, so it could just be used whenever the hell they need it. Yeah, that's. Well, cycling is more close to evergreen as it can be, I think. Right, but that thing, that's what I'm saying. It's the, if a new, if you're a player and you're playing with these pre-constructed decks, because, you know, you want to play with a deck that they're already made, because you don't really know how to make a deck for yourself just yet, so you're building up, you're buying a pre-con, cycling lands are all through those things. So you get a chance to learn how to use them, but then when you get into the actual format, 
chances are there's nothing in there with cycling on it. So you go into the lands and you can't even use this mechanic that you learned how to, to operate so well using all these precons. So if I'm just looking at it, like if you're going to use it this often in all these precons, you might as well make it evergreen. So this way when your newer players or players who play with the precon get into your other format, they can actually be like, oh, here's a mechanic that I got a chance to use in this thing, like flying and haste and text proof and cycling. But no, cycling is not evergreen. Therefore, it just kind of shows up here, but it doesn't show up there. So next thing you know, it's, it's just one of those that I get it. I understand why. Damn it. I think cycling should have been put as like the card that's evergreen over dry or something. Or, or hell, put them both and just rotate between the two of them every other set. So, Stark, what are some cards that you notice kind of show up over the place? I've been scrolling through a list of cards trying to get inspiration for just things that jump out at me as being like, man, I feel like I've seen you before. And one of the ones that pops up, like, uh, a couple cards that pop out that I see that pop up in uh, like multiple different commander decks and other supplemental products are Moldrifter and Eternal Witness. And the reason why these get reprinted a lot are often it's pretty obvious, because they're both really good utility creatures, and it's really good to have a handful of them ready uh, to go to any deck you need to. Moldrifter, in particular, has been in three different commander decks and a dual deck, while Eternal Witness has been in two different commander decks, yes, two different commander decks and a dual deck. Wow, so, I, that's actually, wow, I hadn't thought about it, but I was thinking, wow, I seem to have Eternal Witness in every deck, do I actually just have that many? And I was counting through my cards, and I didn't see them, and I was like, huh. Because I must not have animated slots. Turns out they're all in my deck, and that's why. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, Eternal Witness is an uncommon, so I'm not sure if it if it just showed up in one of each of the commander decks when it shows up in two of them, or if it showed up in multiple ones. But if you have a whole bunch of commander decks from all the, from uh, the years past stuff, you're probably gonna end up with two or three at least Eternal Witnesses, especially because the right that all showed up in Modern Masters. Yeah. Another one I've seen showing up uh, every once in a while is Forgotten Ancient, which is another useful green plus one plus one counter card that's only been in one commander deck but it's also been an arch enemy and plane chase so it's interesting in that it seems like every time they make up some uh interesting new multiplayer supplemental set we gotta get forgotten ancient in there i mean it's just yeah. so good it gets a one counter every time they catch a spell uh, i mean it's very good Not multiplayer. plus it might be uh it might be because there's a little bit of a nostalgia factor for forgotten ancient because it was the very first ever you make the card uh winner card yes Wow. So, so there's so there's a lot of reasons to throw a Forgotten Ancient to a lot of decks. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What about those beacons or commands? I I'm vaguely aware of some of these being in there more than once. Like maybe the black one. Let's see. So the, yeah, beacon of unrest. The black one has been in Arch Enemy and Plane Chase. Yep. So that that was in there for a couple. Uh, maybe it was the commands I'm thinking of. It is it is notable to note that uh, the black one is the only one that's shown up in any supplemental set. Let's see. So let's take a look. See, you know, I Austin Command is weird. I would I would have expected that one to be in multiples, but no, it's just in the original commander. Let's see then. Do 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 do. Chicken. Oh yeah, there's so many cards with command in them. This messes up my entire thing. Ah well. Let's see here. So other cards that show up constantly. Like, so we're just talking about just precons in general, not the commander precons. Because we're talking about commander precons, and those have their whole a whole subset of other cards that they that show up in those all the time. Yeah, because like we already expect command tower and soul ring to constantly appear. Yes. I have I have an interesting thing I found. Um, there's a card that has not only been in three different commander sets, but has also been in two different dual decks, and that's Butcher of Malakir. Huh. Butcher of Malakir is all over the place. It You're was right. It's in three different 
Commander sets, and it's in both Dual Deck Storm versus Tibble and Dual Deck Zendikar versus Eldrazi. Holy shit, I completely forgot about that. Yeah, he that little fucker <laughs> isn't all the black decks. This dude gets around. He gets Yeah. I mean, he's he's a flying grave pack, so I can I can see why he's so popular. That's because wizards want you to do all that sacrificing. It's just, it's interesting. It's just interesting to me too because he shows up on dual deck Soren versus Tibble because he's a part of Soren's vampire theme, and he also shows up in Zendikar versus Eldrazi because he's a Zendikar native vampire, and he shows up in all the commander decks because he's amazing in multiplayer. What I I can't believe I'm so I'm kind of, that guy. So I'm kind of sensing a theme here about cards that show up constantly. It's like, They're basically cards that are pretty much enchantment on leg or spells on leg they're pretty much it's the it's a card like cards that show up continuously in all of the pre-cons are cards that happen to have more than just one function and we're not talking about like oh yeah here's your i don't know like squire enjoy he shows up in every white pre-con no 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 that's not it it has to be something that when it shows up it can be used as a creature or it can be used as this, but it can also be used as a draw spell, or it can be used as a land, or whatever. It has to serve at least two functions, and be good at those two functions in order for it to show up. Can it be used for a... Can Butcher Malico be used basically as, like, a gray fat? Yes, and that's pretty much what he's here for. But if, you know, we're not doing that, it's still a creature, and we can still beat someone's face in and potentially win the game with attacking with it. Can Security Trial Builder be used as a rampant growth? Yeah, it can be, but we're not necessarily going to do that because we can use it as a creature. So it's nice to see, like, even like the cycling lands, they basically can be lands, or they can be, quote, draw spells that draw you a card and replace them. So but a large portion of all these cards that keep showing up are cards that have at least a good two to three function. So that way, when they do show up, they can be used continuously for one thing or the other, but they can also be used primarily for something else as well. Wow, just so many some things. So many things that do so many other things. Like, right now, we need something. Can it be anything? No, it has to be something. <sighs> I mean, I appreciate that Wizards does make some of these cards available. Like, I certainly love, you know, Eternal Witness being reprinted a bunch of times. Maldrifter is always great to see. But then we get the stuff like Butcher Malachar, where it's like, I already have... A bazillion of these, and I don't want to put them into every deck. Watsy, can we please, you know, hold back? Maybe give some other rares a good reprint? Not only that, but you also don't want to play against three different Pulcher Malachar effects in every single black deck that everyone else is playing against you. Yeah, it's just like, on the one hand, yeah, some decks are going to be built on the same lines because they have similar themes and all that. And when a card really works for that theme, it's hard to get away from actually playing that card because it plays so well. On the other hand, you kind of wish that there's just a little more to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, guys, final calls. Any other, you know, just really notable cards or anything like that that just shows up? I'm sure I'll be thinking of plenty after this episode is done, but no, I think I've gotten my fill out. Well, if you people at home can, go ahead and leave us a comment in the messages or hit us on the Twitters or the Facebooks. I think that's about it. Guys, did you have anything else? I've got nothing else, but what I do have... They, I can always say for the outro for the dangly bit. Dangle, dangle, dangle. You got that. Alright, guys. It's time for us to take this to the outro. And hope. Outro. And hope to God that everything is getting recorded.
And if everything isn't recorded, then I'm just going to say that William is intentionally trying to keep Stark away from their listening audience. Oh, the he wo- won't stop me this time. I can confirm that I'm still recording. The world must never know about his brilliance. So, this has been Commander Cast episode 248. I want to go ahead and thank both my co-hosts for showing up today. Calvin, thanks for being here. Hey, no problem. All right, and Stark, thanks for being a literal last-second guest. Yeah, uh, re- thank, thank goodness uh, I had no plans for tonight other than getting ready for GP Charlotte. GP Charlotte. And what else is in that particular state type place? Uh, Chewy? Yay, Chewy! Yay! That's right. So if you like Chewy and you like GPs, then I hope you went to GP Charlotte because it's over already. Who earns? Did you say... Boo burns or boo earns? I was saying boo earns. Alright then. So let's go ahead and pass out the content information. Stark, if people want to reach you, how can they do that? Well, you can always email me at l.starko at gmail.com. Or you can hit me up very much quicker at Twitter, at Stark Maximum. And if you have uh, a lot of time to spend watching me reblog stupid bullshit, you can follow me on Tumblr at starkmaximum.tumblr.com. Yeah. I'll how Tumblr does their URLs. Yay, Tumblrs. Alright, if you want to get in touch with me, I am WIEHernandez at gmail.com. You can also follow me on the Twitter. I am at BlueAM1409. Calvin, if people want to get in touch with you, how can they do that? Well, if people want to reach out and get in contact with me, it's very simple to do. I'm Calvin. I'm also known as Captain Redzone on the internet. So if you want to find me, you can go over to Twitter at Captain Redzone. Or you can hit me up in an email in Gmail at CaptainRedzone at gmail.com. Or you can go over to Facebook and see CommanderCast all over there. We have a Facebook page that will allow you to come in there and communicate with me, communicate with William, communicate with Clay, and any of our other CommanderCast representatives who happen to be admins on the page. And hey, if that's not what you want to do, come on over to CommanderCast.com. We have other articles here. We have other shows here like The Stack and Coast to Coast Commander. We have, I'm not sure if like some of our other ones are coming back anytime soon, but they are there in the archives, so you can always listen to Journeys of Somewhere, or you can listen to Deck Builder Spotlight. Hell, you can even listen to old episodes of Six Pack Set Reviews, where I get drunk and drink and talk to Eric about magic cards. And if that's not all, and you still want to find another way to contact us, you can find us on iTunes on the MTG Cast Network, or you can find us on Stitcher for you Android users. And if you happen to be an Apple user and you're listening to us on iTunes, go over there, hit us up, give us a five-star review, and we will read your five-star review live on air. Well, semi-live, because this is pre-recorded, but you get what I'm saying. It's new to you, damn it. It's new to me. So as far as I'm concerned, it's live right now. So, William, do we have any five-star reviews? No, we don't. Like, I actually checked this time, and I have it filtered so that it has all the most recent ones up top, and the most recent one is still only the cow-tilting comment from April 27th. Ah, that's perfectly fine. That's understandable. Sure. None of our listeners have given us a five-star review. (laughs) But that's okay, though, because we're also available on Reddit. Go over there, follow us, hit us up there. And for any of you listeners out here to decide you want to do a little bit more, you want to help us out here at CommanderCast.com, help keep the lights on so the show can keep running for you, we have a Patreon. Go over to Patreon.com, search for CommanderCast, and you'll find us. And we have a tier there for $1 called Just a Tip. And you can slip us that tip, ladies and gentlemen, Just a Tip. But if a little extra happens to slip in, we won't complain. And in fact, we have a tier for that too called A Little Bit Extra at $2. Then once you hit the $3 tier, you've given us a booster pack, and we are giving you content 
And with that particular content of which we're giving you, you ladies and gentlemen have the option to just go ahead, submit your ideas, jump in on our poll, and get a chance to help us and determine which topic you want us here at Commander Cast to talk about in a future episode. And there's other tiers there, but I'll let William tell you about those because I'm pretty sure those involve his decks. William? Oh, there's always something going on here at the Patreon. You can go ahead and become a $5 donator, and that gives you early access to the Alpha Build videos. Where I go ahead and I create, you know, I'm going through Magic's history, fine-tuning decks, I'm going through everything. And it's actually, as much as it is a, hey, let's go ahead and keep up with William as he tries to upgrade decks and do things like that. It's also a nice little insight into the history of Magic. A lot of what people have been commenting about is, hey, I can't wait to see, you know, what set ends up being the most influential for the deck, or which one ends up being the most important, or which one gives you the most support, and stuff like that. And the fact that this is going to be, you know, 27 going to... Oh dear god, that's going to be 32 decks. I'm going to be doing this forever. Oh dear god, what have I done? Yes, what have you done? What you've done is you've given the listeners way more future content. So if they want to see that, and they want to see William literally drag himself through 30 plus decks over the same legendary creature from here until whenever the hell he gets a chance to finish it, he can do it. You know how? By donating money. And money, my friends, is the way we're going to keep William doing something he hates because he was stupid enough to jump in on it thinking it was going to be amazing. You can torture William for $5 a month. I would do that if I had $5 because I'm broke. I'm a broke-ass bitch. But if I had $5, I would throw it into the pot just to make him do this. You can do it for me by throwing it in there for me. Calvin, it's not going to end, because by the time that I actually get through that stuff, it's going to be time to update other decks. Every time a new set comes out, I'm going to get new cards for that deck. And then... (laughs) Like, it's an endless cycle of torture. It's death by a thousand cuts. It's like you're fighting Sans from Undertale. Spoilers. Wait, how'd you find out about that? Were you actually playing Undertale? No comment. But there is one last comment I would like to make. This is going to be the end of the episode, so... Thanks to all of the people here at CommanderCast.com. Thanks to uh, Start for coming out and helping us out with the show. Music for our show is the X-Meeks Heavy Metal Series by 331-E-Rock. Gallant, no, you gotta next... tell me, have you been playing Undertale? And we will see you all next week with more community, more strategy, and more technology. But until, yeah, until then, next time, you... let's do it! Oh, wait, I know. It's oh, wait, Let's what? Get It! We just told our listeners to do it. No, Stark said to let's do it. it. Stark just told our listeners to do it. And I told them to give us a tip. This show is going way downhill. I'm sorry. I think we're just going off the rails. I wanted to do it. All right, guys.
So it's at that point of the show. Time for us to enter the dangly bit section. Dangle, 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 dangle. So how? So one, have you actually been playing Undertale, or did you just absorb it through the osmosis that is the internet? What I've been doing lately is I've been on YouTube and I've been watching Critical Role, and that is a Dungeons and Dragons like um themed role playing channel. It's been actually pretty good. It's given me something to do during my spare time. And since almost every episode is like three to two to three hours plus, I can cut it on. And even if I have to like miss something, I don't feel like I've missed so much, but I can go back and watch it. Like I've got like two movies in just one sitting. Thanks to you. You're amazing. You've refilled my life with so much interesting entertainment. Huh. I love that. Actually, I won't, I won't mind. I got tired of playing Undertale right before like the papyrus fight. And I was just like, yeah, this game just isn't for me. But then my roommate started getting on me about to finish the game, and my girlfriend actually started playing the game. And I was just like, you know what? I can't actually play the game. But you know what I can do? I can watch other people play the game. Wait, wait. So what were you playing at us? Were you going with, like, the genocidal route or neutral? No, I was, going for, I was going for the pacifist route. And you stopped? And I stopped. Like, it was just too much to hold to me. Because when you're playing the pacifist run, you're not really, you know, fighting back. You're, you're dodging and you're solving the puzzles. What? While you're doing the battles, and yeah, the story is so much better when you're doing pacifism run. I just give up on that, especially for someone who is supposedly all about like flavor and story and stuff. Like, no, I'm not denying that it's good. It just wasn't for me. Like, I felt so helpless while I was trying to do this thing, and that's not me. I'm the kind of person who, if I'm not gonna, if I'm not allowed to push back, I sure as hell don't let people try and push me. But I'm not gonna like try and dodge out of it either. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, whatever. So, sorry. What have you been doing with your life? Well, what have I actually been doing? Like a lot of video games. Yeah, well, I'm preparing for GP Charlotte, which has been pretty rough and nerve-wracking, but soon it's going to be all over, so that's going to be exciting. Me personally, I'm just upset that I'm just upset that William isn't going to be going to GP Charlotte. Yeah, Joey's stuck from that. Like he, like Joey just messaged me and was like, "Hey, Calvin said you were going to be a GP Charlotte?" Question mark. I was like. No, I'm going to be a GP Columbus. And he's like, oh, Calvin sucks. No, the thing is, I remember one of you was saying you were going to be a GP Charlotte. And I remember one of you saying it was GP Columbus. And I was trying to remember which one was going where. And I was like, I'm pretty sure William was going to that. But no, it was Clay who was going to Charlotte. And it's you who's going to Columbus. I got him backwards. Uh, but I did know that somebody from Commander Cast was going to be their representative. You thought I was going to be a Charlotte. But no, it was him, Clay. Play all along. Damn it, Clay. It makes more sense for it to be Clay because that's actually where he lives. But that's the thing, like, I thought, it's like I was under the impression Clay was going there as well, but I could have sworn William said, oh yeah, I'm going to a GP, I'm going to the GP too. Ah, I thought it was, I thought it was, uh, when William was saying it, my mind read it as William is going to two GPs. I actually forgot to tell you. And I was like, as a judge, I was like, guys, I'm going to be a GP Columbus. Surprise! It's a lie. It's all been a lie. Oh. Yeah. I was about to say, like, some someday I'll be able to go to the same GP that uh, Will is going to so I can meet him firsthand. Someday I'll make enough money that I actually can go to other GPs and stuff like that. Someday. Someday. Ah, well. So, them announcements. Yeah. All those announcements. Mm-hmm. That was a fuck ton of announcements. Now what's Mark Rosewater going to do with his spare time? Answer questions about things that he can't answer questions about, clearly. Pre-con <laughs> I feel good about that one. 
the fuck did you just do? I may or may not have made a clever title. All right. <laughs> I'm going to go with me. I'm going to go with me not. Well, but it is clever. It's a clever title. Hey, you put may not in there as an option, so I'm choosing it. Actually, that reminds me. I need to, one, bring up the new announcements. Two, take those five-star reviews on iTunes. I was on this week's episode of Monday Night Magic. What? Get out of here. Yes. Well, now I have to listen to it. More so than usual. That's... Are you a Patreon for Chewy? I am. So do you get the odds and ends? Ah, now everything makes sense. Because all of last week's episodes of Commander Cast's Dangly Bits ended up on last week's episode of Monday Night Magic. That's incredible, actually. Huh. Well, not the actual Commander of Dangly It's like, you know, you and Clay aren't there. But it was me and, like, Bill and, I mean, you know, me and Squee, and me and Chewy, chilling, hanging out, talking about a whole bunch of stuff. All right, then. It's well, Actually, Most of which I kind of remember. I, I kind of wish I remembered what we did talk about. All right. I mean, so, not for the show, but the actual, like, odds and ends. Let's see. All the announcements. So let's take a look at the announcements. Kaladesh. Yeah. That's going to be weird. What was that? Calvin Dash? Kaladesh. Calvin Dash. What is Calvin Dash, Calvin? Hmm? Tell it's me. a gang made by Calvin and Hobbes. Actually, that's Calvin Ball. But... I actually vaguely remember that, maybe? Planeswalker deck. Those things actually sound really cool. Exclusive Planeswalkers, cards that work with your Planeswalker, tutors for that specific Planeswalker. Let's see, and then you've got Plane Chase Anthology. Yes. And then they've got just more stuff about Conspiracy. Impact is going to be like 12 bucks a pack? What? Wow. Or is it, or is that the price of like a draft pack? Like, you can get packs of three cards, and they're each $4? I hope that's the case. And then, oh yeah, Commander decks, which we'll save for the end, because I'm an Orr's Cocktease like that. That's right, Commander decks. Four color commanders, yay. That's racist. Wait, what? How's that racist? That's not racist. Excluding that single color just because it doesn't fit in. It's like, oh, oh, oh yeah, everyone's allowed in here, except unless you happen to be this particular color, then you gotta get out. Yeah, that's racism. Racism 101. Are you saying... Are you saying Clues is racist? Yeah. Everyone's a little bit racist. You know what? You're have right. You ever, have you ever heard a song from Avenue Q? You know what? You're right. Yeah, you are right. absolutely 100% correct. And the internet is for porn. These are all true things. All true things. All right, then. So going over to the iTunes store to see if we have any five-star reviews on iTunes. So how's your week been outside of getting to be on Monday Night Magic? Man, even I haven't begun on Monday Night Magic yet. Let's see. Uh, my week, well, Monday, I got a chance to be on Monday Night Magic with Chewie and Bill, or Squee, Goblin Nebal. Because there is no Iron Goblin because it's fallen out and rolled across the floor, like my little meatball. Aww. Uh, let's see. After that, Tuesday, I did nothing. Oh, wait, no. Tuesday, I had to go through the, I went through the process of trying to post up the, um, Coast to Coast Commander, episode four, which I had forgotten about, but I got a chance to do first thing in the morning when I did wake up. And then I went to work in Wednesday. And then today I sat around the house, did mostly nothing. And then I went to go hang out with a friend, you know, ended up taking a quick, long, well, not really a quick, a long walk in the woods. And, you know, afterwards we got cheese fries. And now I'm here talking to you. Cheese fries sound good. In fact, I was just eating nacho cheese. That's not your cheese, homie. 
It is my cheese. I paid for it. It ate the last four bucks in my wallet. That is not your cheese. It is absolutely my cheese. I had, I was able to come up with two today because there are two cards that always no correct that three. For some reason there are three cards that always no that I'm thinking of a cube. There are two cards, two cards that always seem to make it into precons whenever Wizards is making precons. First uh, one, cards that always make it into precons and Wizards is making precons. Yeah, whenever Wizards makes a precon, it seems like there's always some. Certain cards that always show up in those precons, much to uh, my annoyance. The card, yeah, there are a bunch of cards that always show up. Like, what was it? Uh, 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 Shakuri Tribe Elder always shows up if you're playing green and you need ramp. Um, if we're just talking about the commander product, there's always the mana ramp commander card. I mean, like, yeah, there's always a soul running these commander products and stuff like that. But I'm talking about, like, I'm not talking about. Soul Ring. I'm talking about the Mana Ramp Commander card. Like it'd be like the oh yeah Command Tower, or oh yeah Command Commander Sphere, or here's another land that produces um, mana for whatever you want and gives a plus one plus one counter to people that are your commanders. It's like each set seems to always kind of have like something in it that is commander related that produces mana based on your commander. Yes, but specifically, I'm talking about stuff like junk rares. Specific junk rares that always seem to show up in these type of decks. Stuff like Pentavis. Or... Pentavis, uh, Solemn. Solemn Simulacrum usually shows up a lot. Yeah, but Solemn's not a junk rare. Alright, now you're just getting to the point where you're just being, like, extra picky. You're talking about cards that randomly that show up in every pre-con, and now you also want them to be junk. Are you trying to build your own deck again? No, I'm not. Trying to find the bullshit cards that nobody wants to play with and try to figure out a way to build your own little crappy beam deck around them. If that's what we're doing tonight, just submit it. We can just go right ahead. I'll pull out a notebook and we can just make you another crappy deck. No, absolutely not. Like, this is just one of those things where it's like, they had a rare slot and they filled it with something I actually just, you know, I feel gypped because they've already stuck it in so many precons. I thought Horn Muller was in a plain chest precon deck and an arch enemy precon deck. And that Pentavis has been around quite a few times too. Uh, let's see. What's that one green, uh, green creature? Um, is it Burden, Fo- Burden Force, I think it is? Um, Burden, maybe? Uh, I forget the name. But it's that creature that, like, every turn it makes, like, a 1 1 Saverling token. Burden Force? Yeah. That guy shows up in all, um, a lot of precons. Yeah, he was in Commander, Premium Dexy, let's see, Duels of Planeswalk, Plane Chase. He was in Plane Chase, in Commander 2015. Yeah, yeah, I guess he kind of counts. I'm gonna take a look at this Torn Roller though. I'm gonna see. Let's see. Uh, Pentavis shows up a lot. Verdi okay, Force there you go. Torn Roller's been in Plane Chase, Arch Enemy, Commander 2015. All three yeah. of those. So he's at least he's at least qualified for like summer casual player product. Yeah, Pentavis has been in Plane Chase. Right. He was in Commander 2014. He was in the Dual Decks, Elspeth versus Tezzeret. Like, granted, that's only, like, three expansion products, but still, what the actual hell? And apparently Stark got caught in a trap, so he's taking just an extra minute longer than he means to. Damn it, Stark. I told you to stay out of Yu-Gi-Oh! If you've just played Magic, you might not be hit with a trap card unless you were playing originals in the card. Alright then, he says he's ready to go, so I'm going to go ahead and add him to the call. Make sure the Skype record does not crash. There you are, Stark? There I am. All right, there you are. The and report- there he is. The recorder has not fallen apart. 
that is the maximum of starts. Is this recording call? I don't trust that at all. Yeah, how are you doing, cool. Stark? I'm doing well. How about you, Calvin? I'm doing well. I wasn't winning that match. Yeah, you were. That was a really good episode. I'm really excited to hear the odds and ends because I hear it's super long. Oh, yeah, it is. Long yeah. and deep. I was about to say, it sounds like you gave them a little bit more than just a tip. Yeah, we did. All right, then. So, Stark, to kind of give you a briefing as to what we're doing today, community, also thank you for filling in for play. Mm-hmm. No problem. For community, it's going to be, you know, we'll touch on all those fancy announcements that they made. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Well, I forgot for- this is the first episode since then. Yep, we'll get to talk about Kaladesh, and the Planeswalker decks, and Planeshades Anthology, and that'll be it. And then we go on to strategy. I was about to say, they did not say anything Commander-related, right? Nothing relevant to our podcast? Absolutely. Absolutely nothing. Okay, nope. as always. Oh, I know. For- you know what? No, I completely forgot. Dual decks and versus Omnixless. Yeah, that's important, because we use Planeswalkers in Commander sometimes. It's just, a sh- it's just a shame that Wizards hates Commander and never produces anything specifically for us. Exactly. I mean, hell, they even allow a plane, sh- plane ship to get a, a plane chase to get their own little product. It's I know, like the- three people played plane chase. They just take forever to announce the commander decks. Like, I just want to make sure that they're doing commander decks this year, you know? Alright then, so, yes, commander decks will be talked about briefly. Okay. Uh, strategy. <laughs> On the commander podcast, commander decks will be talked about briefly. Well, I mean, we know all, all color cast, one all bit of over it. You know, false, we know two bits of information. Oh, you're a good point. One, there will one, be commander decks. Two, they are four color. I was about to say my one bit of information was they exist. There we go. So then we also have for strategy. I told this one preconceptions because we're talking about precons. Oh, I get it now. So and that was going to be what's the best way to handle you know new commanders that come in the precons? Like, is it better to take them with the deck they come with and to upgrade the deck from there, or do you just build a deck for them wholesale and go okay? I'm going to build around the commander with what I ha- have and maybe some of the new cards. And we're not even going to worry about the deck. Like, maybe just get the commander as a singleton. That's super interesting, because that's something I've been thinking about myself lately. So hopefully I'll be able to have something to say about that. And, te- and then with technology, I'm going to go ahead and talk about pre-con staples. Cards that seem to be in every pre-con that Wizards puts out. Like, not just commander, but also, like, the Arch Enemy decks or the Plane Chase decks, stuff like that. Yeah, we're talking about Mountain, Island, Swamp, Plane... And forest cards that show up in every recon. The ones that I came up with were Pentavis and Torin Muller. Pentavis for the rest of it. Yeah, they do show up a lot. Yeah, and stuff like that. I wanted to kind of analyze the cards themselves and look at what they actually do. They and make deck sixty cards and don't increase the price of the deck, so it can still be sold for its an issue of selling price. But there's so many other cool rares you could have done. Like Torin Muller's there just because it's a three mana dragon. <laughs> that gets bigger when people play spells. Now, yeah, what's wrong with that? My problem is that it looks like a bull. I was about to say, it's the bullest looking dragon I ever saw. And that's literally my only problem with it, is that it looks like a bull. But I don't want to play a bull in my dragon decks. I want to play dragons. So why don't you get like a sharpie and like draw some wings on the back of it? I was about to say, why don't you go get an altered or something? That sounds, actually sounds like a really fun idea. Because I had to wait till Calvin said it to actually realize that was a good idea. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, wait, just to so make now, sure. Now I think about it, that actually does sound like something I do kind of want to do now. I want to buy like yeah. 20 of them, but then just get like a Sharpie and just alter them just enough to look like a creature on whatever tribe de- tribal deck I'm putting it in. Yeah, I actually really like that. But then how do you make it look like a human? Hmm? No, you, that's where you like draw glasses on it. And you try to make the horns look like a hairstyle, like pigtail. I was make thinking it. a t-shirt that says, I am human. I am human. 
I am no, just like was, no, no, actually, not even I am human. I are human. <laughs> Eat more chicken.